This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 7.13 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And now we're getting into muddy waters as we try to understand the ongoing scandal surrounding the procurement of six littoral combat ships, or LCS, and what it says about our public spending and transparency. Firstly, great use of the uh, water puns, keep them coming. Um, but basically, the LCS program is part of the Royal Malaysian Navy's 15 to 5 development plan aimed to strengthen our naval assets. So this actually takes us all the way back to 2011, when the procurement of those six littoral combat ships or LCS was approved by Putrajaya following a request by the Navy. So this is actually the largest procurement in the history of MINDEF with a total cost of $9 billion. And in the same year, the contract was awarded to Bausted Naval Shipyard, Sindiri and Berhad without an open tender being called. So this is where the point of contention arises. The project had already received six million ringgit in progress payments from the government. Now, six billion. Six billion. Did I say million? I meant billion. You undersold. Last Thursday, the Parliament's Public Accounts Committee submitted its findings on the LCS procurement to Parliament, where it was revealed that not a single ship had been completed, although Putrajaya had already paid that $6 billion. So the good news is the first LCS vessel uh, should have been delivered in 2019, and it's 44% completed. So at least there's one that we know about. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has raised the usual questions about governance, procurement, uh, investigation, actually finding out where our money goes. Um and why open tenders matter. So we're going to be diving into that um, and send us your thoughts. In the meantime, joining us is Dr. Mohamed Mohan, President at Transparency International Malaysia. Dr. Mohan, thank you so much for speaking with us. So the procurement for the project was approved in 2011, the contract awarded to Bausted Naval Shipyard. What do we know about how this came to be? Okay. Uh, First of all, thank you for having me in your program. Now, from what we understand so far, this mega project was awarded uh, based on direct negotiations to Boston Naval Shipyard. Now, we must uh, remember that uh, Boston Naval Shipyard is under the LTAT, Lambaga Sabung Angkatan Tentra. And uh, they have, of course, uh, this is not the first time they're building a ship. They have been in shipbuilding business. And they do have a dockyard in Lumut. So um, the idea of giving the, this project directly to uh, Boston Naval Shipyard was to uh, use the local uh, uh, talent that we have. And also, it will when you build new type of ships, it will develop local talents, uh, give them experience. At the same time, it will support the feeder industry. So feeder industries means uh, providing the other components for the ship and also the many local contractors, especially Bumiputra contractors, will benefit. So there is a good argument for this. But, uh, however, when you talk about a, a big mega project uh, like this, uh, when you want to give through direct negotiation, there has to be a proper due diligence done uh, on the companies going to be given this job. Are they capable of doing it? Uh, do they have all the talents required? Or do they have the financial standing? Don't forget, this is a $9 billion project. Uh, do they have the financial standing? So were such a due diligence done uh, before being uh, awarded directly to this? So this is the question that uh, we still don't have a proper answer. So the LCS project has sparked uh, quite a bit of controversy for things like cost overruns, long delays. Can you expand on the significance of these issues and their impact to the country? You see, uh, unfortunately, the LCS project uh, I consider it like a, 
pro any project. So in project management, there is definitely there's a big team uh, to manage these projects. And one of the key things of any project management is to make sure all the specifications are complied with. Uh, and uh, the technical, of course, prior to this, the technical evaluation has to be done and um, and whether the company concerned has all the capabilities to build the ship. And the second thing is, apart from the specification that they have to meet, cost is very important. We must make sure the cost is well managed and there's no cost overruns. And of course, the third important thing is the timeline for the project. If you are supposed to deliver within a certain period, and uh, they, they should be delivered. If there is going to be a delay, the contractor has to pay uh, for liquidated uh, damages. So in this particular case, it appears that the entire project management has been poor, and it resulted in not only delays uh, and cost overruns, and there is a clear failure in project management. That's how we see it. And it will become controversial because uh, if you see the PAC's report, the former Admiral Tan Sri Datu Sri Dr. Abdulaziz Jaffa, during his interview done by the PAC committee, uh, he has mentioned that he has written a number of letters, not only to the Chief Secretary, to the, uh, the Ministry, he has also written to the uh, Chief Secretary to the Government, and also to the uh, Prime Minister and so on. So, but the question now is why all these uh, letters have been given, the red flags have been raised, but no one bothered to check or, or what, what has actually happened or deliberately ignored. So this reflects poorly on public pro procurement governance in our country. And this will give a negative perception on governance in the public sector. And of course, as you know, the Corruption Perception Index measures many of these things. And this will definitely affect the, the, the score. So that is why uh, when you ask uh, how is it going to impact the country, uh, it will be... The perception is not going to be very good. So we've got to fix this negative perception. Last week, the PSC submitted their findings that revealed not a single ship has been completed. What's the government's justification for this? Uh, well, the, uh, the only from the government side, uh, the, only the defence minister has mentioned briefly, he said that those responsible for this fiasco will not escape and they will have to pay the price for it. And then he mentioned also that the first ship probably will arrive in a year or two. Now, when you say year or two, that we are really, really looking at end of 2024, 2025, another further delay. So uh, based on this, it doesn't look very good in terms, as I said, for governance. But I think the government has to address this issue in totality. Although we are aware that the MACC is doing its investigation, and MACC has said that very soon they will reveal... Uh, uh, their findings to the public, which is good, uh, and this is appreciated. But uh, the question here is, MACC will be only investigating from the angle of any uh, corruption uh, issues involved in this project. But we are now looking beyond that, because this has been a total failure in terms of project management, uh, governance failure, uh, and uh, also accountability and transparency. There must be greater transparency and accountability in this project. You know, who is accountable? Where, especially when the Admiral has raised those red flags, why no one picked it up? Why did it go off just like that? And also the other question, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, a project like this will have milestones. You know, every, uh, whenever the first ship is going to be delivered, uh, have, what is the progress of work, uh, 
which how many percentage of the uh, the first ship has been completed so those are all kind of milestones now this information we don't have uh, maybe they have but they have not revealed it to the public but these are the questions uh, still have not been answered so this is where the government should actually step in and say that uh, perhaps they will form a very high level committee or maybe a rci is needed uh, or whichever so so far the government has not gone into this area except for the defense minister saying that uh, the two ships will be coming in a year or two but i think the public is not going to easily accept that kind of explanation so former deputy defense minister liu chintong alleged that datuk sri ahmad zahid hamidi approved that project when he was defense minister in 2011 uh, zahid has denied this saying he wasn't the defense, defense minister at the time that the project was awarded what do you make of all this okay um the former deputy defense minister he has mentioned this uh, and obviously he knows that because he was in the ministry obviously he has access to this information uh but on the other hand the former deputy uh, prime minister uh, sushri ahmad zaid hamidi has denied this uh and i think uh, a full inquiry as i said uh, probably an rci or a high level committee should be formed by the government to really get into the issues concerning this and to actually make a full disclosure what exactly happened who was responsible because uh, it is over a long period of time there could be possibility of three ministers or two ministers were involved in this uh, during this uh, uh, project and uh, so why is it that this has not been picked up or why was this never addressed in cabinet or in parliament so i think only a, a full uh, inquiry into this issue will reveal those things as i said mscc only can do their part to see whether any corruption issues are there uh, they will not be making any recommendations uh, uh, by saying that what are the areas to improve and tighten up or what how the failure that requires a massive thorough investigation and uh, on the on the governance part and the full system itself so that is why from the government side it's important that uh, a special high level committee should be formed or an rci is formed to thoroughly investigate this until then we won't have the answer who is actually being accountable for this so currently then what are some structures and mechanisms we have in place to ensure that good governance practices are there when it comes to mega projects like this okay you see uh, at the moment uh, in every ministry see there are a lot of big projects or uh, medium sized projects um, small projects uh, being carried out by the various ministries now every ministry has their own internal audits internally they do audits themselves and of course they also have external audits and this is done by the uh, jabatan audit negara okay yearly on uh, and, and and if not yearly it is over uh, uh, there is based on the timetable they will do for various ministries and so on now on top of that uh, there are various integrity committees uh, in the various ministries and on top of that we also have under the national uh, anti corruption plan a national anti corruption committee or jawatan uh, jawatan kuasa anti rasuah they have and that's led by the chief secretary to the government and uh, at a higher level they have a special anti corruption uh, cabinet committee headed by the prime minister so structurally i must say that our country has uh, a very good uh, structure when it comes to uh, uh, checking on integrity and uh, good governance and so on 
But what we are very concerned and um, and disappointed is that we still have these issues happening year after year. And you can see from the uh, Auditor General's report every year, you know, the kind of wastages that are happening. And, and this came from the uh, Auditor General himself. Uh, he mentioned once that, uh, you know, the similar issues happen uh, in every other ministry. So, I mean, this year when they audit in one particular ministry, they find this kind of leakages happening. And then the following year, when they do an audit on another ministry, similar case happens. So it just goes to show that despite all these structures that they have, uh, internal audit, external audit, uh, various committees and headed by uh, top uh, government officials, uh, these things get repeated. So it appears that there is no learning and, 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 uh, and uh, what you call enforcement, you know, meaning that uh, those who have uh, failed in their fiduciary duties uh, they don't get punished or they still remain in the job. So that's why you find that uh, these things get repeated again and again and again. And that's why I, we, we strongly urge the government to put in uh, stronger measures, tighter controls, and maybe we have to think uh, in a different way how to tighten up this. So you've mentioned the need for a thorough investigation. What might that look like? Uh, well, as I mentioned just now, uh, one way is uh, to have a very high-level special committee. And of course, the special committee, no point putting the same officials from defense ministry to, to investigate these. Yes, they are the experts, but perhaps externally you need uh, a couple of members or two or three or four members from outside the defense ministry. They can even be from civil societies or they can be from... Uh, uh, even external, maybe someone uh, from abroad, you know, uh, who has experience in uh, shipbuilding and so on. So you need to have a very special committee to look into this and make the recommendations. Or you can form a Royal Commission inquiry so that to give, give them sufficient power to call uh, witnesses to testify and, uh, and make various recommendations so that these things don't get repeated. Now, just to add uh, one more thing. Uh, what do you call it in the government or under the Ministry of Finance, they have what we call integrity pact. But as we in Transparency International, we have always mentioned that the integrity pact that Malaysia practices does not meet the international standard. The international standard requires that you need an independent oversight, uh, meaning that you have the vendor on one side, the uh, procurement authority, or in this case, the government or the ministry, who is awarding the job. Now, you have a third element here, which is the uh, independent oversight. No? And this, of course, they have to be an expert in that, their own field. And that is the real type of integrity pact we're talking about. So this could be one of the things that the government can do to uh, implement the integrity pact uh, based on the international practice to, so that these kind of mega projects like this will have an independent oversight to make sure uh, the project is uh, well managed and red flags are highlighted and so on. In fact, we did make a recommendation, but unfortunately, uh, it was not picked up. So we, we strongly would advise the government so that to avoid this kind of issues again, uh, an integrity pact based on international standards should be implemented for the sake of good governance and for the future of our country. Dr. Mohan, thank you so much for speaking with us. That was Dr. Mohamed Mohan, President at Transparency International Malaysia, uh, speaking about the LCS 
scandal, uh, which is in the news because of last Thursday's release or submission of the PAC findings. Let us know if you have thoughts on this. You can call us, WhatsApp us, tweet us. You've been listening to the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my, BFM 89.9, The Business Station.